Indeed, that is The Smiths and that's Jean. And that was a B-side to This Charming Man. And this is David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Hello once again, dear pot picker. Yes, it's that time of the week when I'll be spinning the wheels of steel for another 60 minutes of action-packed fun as I bring you the finest in indie pop from the golden decade. That was the 80s. Nice. Anyway, this week's special guest is going to be all the way from Scotland. It is the Close Lobsters because I caught up with one of the members, Andrew Burnett, to find out more about life, love and poetry in a Scottish indie band. So I'll be bringing that interview throughout the show alongside all the usual top quality songs from that golden decade. So all I want you to do to do is sit back, relax, turn up your stereos and enjoy the next 60 minutes as we kick off with I Kiss the Flowers in Bloom. Take it away.
There you go. That is the Stone Roses. And that's a track called She Bangs the Drum from their 1989 self-titled album. And before that, we had the unmistakable sound of the Close Lobsters with a track called I Kiss the Flowers in Bloom. And that was from their album Foxhead's Stalk This Land. Hello, this is David Esau. This is the C86 Show, bringing you the finest in indie pop. And this week's special guest is, yes, you guessed it, the Close Lobsters, because I caught up with Andy Burnett from the band to find out more about the rocky and interesting road that is well been in any band I guess but um yeah so I'll be bringing that interview through the show and I'll also tell you how you can contact me if you've got any messages or any um yes or if you're if you were in a band yourself during the indie years of the um, C86 period um I'd love to hear from you because um I'm tracking them all down indeed but to keep the party rolling this is the throwing muses and dizzy
nice stuff there. That is the Jasmine Minx and uh, the track called Think, and that was from their 1984 album, The Revenge of, featuring on, um, I think, lead guitar and probably songwriting duties, Jim Shepard, who we had on the show a few months ago. And before that, all the way from America, The Throw Muses and the track called Dizzy, and that was from their album... Hunk Papa, and that was from 1989. We seem to be um, focused on 1989. Anyway, this is David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you'd like to contact me, I always love your messages. You can via Facebook or Twitter. Just go to at C86 Show, and um, I'll be there. And it's always good to get your messages. And thank you for the people who've been in touch. Um, yes, it's always nice to receive that. Anyway, this week's uh, special guest is um, the Close Lobsters, all the way from Scotland. So there's a bit of a Scottish theme going on there with uh, the Jasmine Minx as well. And uh, like I said, I'll be bringing that interview very soon, but in probably four little bits of... Uh, Four little chunks to keep it interesting. So, because I'm feeling particularly biased towards the band, this is another one of their chart-topping songs. This is just too bloody stupid.
There you have it. That is the Darling Buds. Let's see if it could be anybody else. And the track called Crystal Clear, and that was from their album Cruel Daddy. And before that, we had the um, our special guest, which is the Close Lobsters, and the track called Too Bloody Stupid. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show. And like I said, I've got a, a special on the Close Lobsters this week because I caught up with Andy or Andrew Burnett. So I'll be bringing that interview very soon. But what I'll do is play one more track and then start the uh, first part of the interview. This is um, from a new compilation that's just come out. I think it's got seven CDs called Manchester. So much to answer for. Actually, that last bit isn't true. It's just called Manchester. Seven CD box set and it features obviously lots of bands from the post, well, the punk and post-punk period um, all the way up to Oasis. So I've been sort of working my way through that and came across this and had forgot about it so I thought I should play it. This is the Bodines and the track called Scar Tissue. Oh, 
Indeed. There you go. That's the Bodines and that's a track called Scar Tissue. And I think that came from their 1987 album called Played. And, um, and that's also on a, like I said at the beginning, <laughs> a, a compilation called Manchester, which is a seven CD box set that's out on the Cherry Red record label. So um, do check that out. And they've also got a compilation of gothic stuff as well, as well as um, Alien Sex Fiend, I believe. So um, they're sort of scooping up all those classics from yesteryear. Anyway, this is David Eastall, the C86 show, bringing the finest in indie pop and we have our first part of the interview when I caught up with the uh, one of the main people from the Close Lobsters Andrew Burnett uh, to find out about the beginning of the band and how it all came into fruition take it away Andrew okay let me let me try and cast my mind back um, we, we sort of came out of a kind of post-punk ethos um, uh, right about the sort of early 80s yeah which which is inclusive of kind of anarcho punk, and you'll remember that on the John Peel show we covered the Mob, right? Which was a nod to that direction. So we we sort of came out that that kind of thing, uh, anarcho punk, post punk, orange juice. Uh, an interesting way that we 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 can put it is as a kind of combin a, a, a sort of um a sort of friction between crass and orange juice. Right. <laughs> so, 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 because... Cause, Somewhere in between that, kind of, in those broad parameters. Yeah, because yeah. mostly people aren't that... Um, the anarchist has... Uh, the anarchist kind of movement hasn't often been mentioned in the world of indie pop, you know. Yeah. And so this is quite an unusual sort of step, really. An, an well, arc, an, yeah, arc, an, an anarcho-indie band was quite a rarity, <laughs> really. Well... It isn't mentioned much, but it's actually quite visible. Um, one of the groups that, that we owe a lot of our inheritance to is the June Brides, and the June Brides played a few gigs at the in the Anarcho scene. Yes, and they were connected to that quite readily. And interestingly, the reason why we appear on C eighty six is entirely due to the June Brides. Okay. Because it, June Brides didn't want to do it, <laughs> and then uh, recommended us to do it. Yeah, because I've I've done an interview with Phil and uh, and also another member of the band, Frank Sweeney, uh, and uh, and yeah, they they yeah. turned it down. They said no, we don't yeah. want to be tarnished with that kind of scene too much. We don't, you know, we we we've got other ideas and dreams, which is fair enough. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. when they've reissued, they've sort of said, oh yes, we'll definitely be on one of the discs now. But at the time, you know, it was a bit like they they were a little bit reluctant. And actually, I think most of the bands seem to be slightly reluctant to be on the cassette for various reasons. I don't know. Did you think? Oh no, thank you very much. We'll definitely go on it. Um, I think, um, I think, um, after a period of time, a lot of bands tried to distance themselves from it. Yes. Um, but we don't, you know, as far as we're concerned, C86 was much more broad than people give it credit for. Yeah. Well, you know, people tend to sort of pigeonhole in a particular direction, but you've got all sorts of bands on there. You certainly have, including we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it, and the wedding present, box shed stump, and much, much more. So there you go. Anyway, that's the first part of my interview with um, Andy from The Close Lobsters, and I'll be bringing you another few bits of that. But before we um, hear any more chat, here is The Chesterfields, which is a t song that I should have played the last week, but I'd slightly forgotten, and it's also quite tricky to get hold of. This is a track called What's Your Perversion?
That's the Chesterfields and what's your perversion. And um, if you want to hear the... I did a special on the Chesterfields because I caught up with the uh, main man, Simon Barber, recently. Um, it's on the Mixcloud um, selection that I've got. So if you just go to the C86 show, you'll see all the interviews I've done on various shows over the last few months. And uh, yes, the Chesterfields was one of those particularly nice ones. Anyway, this is the second part of my interview with... Andrew Burnett from The Close Lobsters, where I ask him about the... Well, it sort of talks about sort of the influences of the band and um, we talk about fluidity and flexibility quite a lot during this bit. Um, well, as I say, I, I, I think the actual world itself was, was much more fluid and flexible than people give it credit for and as that can be seen in the kind of influences that we had. So we, we kind of moved in those... Um, we moved in those circles quite a, quite a lot. You know, we we played a lot with the wedding present, right? And uh, but we also played with that petrol emotion, yeah. And we also went to the United States of America for quite significant periods of time, uh, and they had a different perception of who we were and who we might be, right? So we moved in that t- type of these type of circles, and and something we're very sort of proud of is that we played at uh, CBGBs. So you, yes. So were these Which is a kind of post-punk kind of, you know, holy grail type thing, isn't it? It is, and I did notice that the band, um, you know, because because of the world of streaming and Spotify, that you you do have a sort of a quite a, a, a lot of listeners every month as well, don't you? So the band yep. obviously. And and not just in this country. I mean, anything but really. You know, sort of America seems to have embraced you more than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, our record company's in uh, Portland, Oregon. Right. Uh, to this day. Yes. So we, we've still got very much a kind of footprint over there. But um, in recent years, it's a, it was actually through this kind of C86 inheritance that we got a few gigs in, you know, pop fests across Europe. Madrid and Berlin and whatnot. Right. So it's... And so it's, it's still very much tied to that kind of movement and that. Uh, development, I think. Yeah. I mean, did you find, because <clears throat> you managed to get onto the Fire record label, didn't you? Yeah. And was that a good relationship? Because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, was that a bit of a tricky relationship? Um, I, have, I have yet to meet any, anyone who didn't have a tricky relationship with Fire Records. Right. 
Uh, I mean, the, the story in the industry is that, uh, you know, the, it was always pretty bad. For all, uh, you know, I think Pulp had a kind of... Oh, of course. Yes, they, they were also on fire. Because it was one of those ones, it was like 53rd and 3rd, and there was Subway, and there was, yeah. you know, the pink label. There was an awful lot of indie labels. So Fire wasn't sort of one that a lot of bands signed to. So no. I, I just wondered, um, especially because you're from Scotland, you didn't sort of do creation records or anything like that. So were Fire the people that you were, were they particularly kind of keen to sign you up? There was one person at Fire, and that he was instrumental in, in uh, our developing relationship with Fire. Right. That was Robin Gibson. Yes. I don't know if you know Robin. He used to write for Sounds and various other music magazines. No, I didn't. Um, he was a you know around about the eighties, so he he was a pretty influential character in our development, and I think that's what kind of facilitated the relationship with Fire. Yes. Um, which was not all bad, you know. There was some good developments. You know, for instance, the first album was um, recorded through Fire. Yeah. With John Rivers at uh, Lemington Spa. Oh, nice. And uh, you know that that was that was a fantastic record. Um, all credit to John Rivers, and it was influenced very greatly by John Rivers's relationship with uh, Felt. Um, and The Pastels I think he produced an album for The Pastels that was pretty good Um, so through Fire you know Fire facilitated that so you know I wouldn't want to denigrate them no not completely (laughs) (laughs) oh dear yes the tricky world of uh, record labels and um, I know quite a few people have mentioned Fire Records anyway that was the second part of my interview with Andy Burnett from The Close Lobsters and I've still got two more pieces of that interview but uh, having a bit of a Scottish theme I thought we should play something from early days of uh, Primal Scream this is from the album Sonic Flower Groove and this is the opening track Gentle Tuesday Yeah. 
There you go, that is um, a bit of early Primal Scream, that's a track called Gentle Tuesday from their 1987 album called Sonic Flower Groove. This is David Easter on the C86 show and this is the third part of my interview with Andy or Andrew Burnett um, talking about the lessons that one can learn in, a, in an indie band or any band. Ah, uh, you know, it's at once far too many things and far too little. I mean... You could point to one thing or many things, but it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, in terms of the group, in terms of of, of what we did as a group, um, I think what we should have done with the first record is give a better representation of the the band through singles before releasing the album. That got all mixed up. Right. What actually happened was that Fire, in their urgency, released the album when they could have um, put out a couple of singles to promote it beforehand, like Flowers, for example, which is a very popular track of ours, or Prophecy, which again is another popular track. But these tracks became submerged within the album, and what actually happened is that they released the album and then they released a 12-inch single after that, with a different track, let's make some plans. So it was all, in terms of marketing, it was all kind of arse over elbow. Yes. So practically speaking, you know, I would like to have seen us have better singles released at that time. Yeah. Because obviously the band, you know, you did the sort of almost the five years and it all sort of came to a, the first the first phase came to an end in 89. So that was like... Yeah. Almost when, you know, there was that sort of the rave scene and there was also the grunge scene yeah. as well. So what, what brought the band to an end in 89? Um, well, I think it was the States, you know, like like many bands before us, we went to break the States and it kind of broke us. <laughs> right. Um, but we, you know, we, we carried on for a few years um, into about 91. So we were still doing intermittent gigs, uh, but we were kind of losing direction, I think. Yes. Uh, with the development of, of kind of house music and stuff, so a few of us were getting into just having going to parties, <laughs> <laughs> like 
like like the bulk of the population, you know, this kind of hedonistic revolution going on. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we kind of stepped outside of things. I think simultaneously in the area that we were involved in, it was kind of Britpop round about then, wasn't it? Oh, well, Britpop, I suppose, was more like 92, 93, wasn't yeah, it? So that was when like when all those yeah. bands sort of started to emerge. I mean, there was kind of the grunge period, which sort of started in about 88, didn't it, with yeah. with various bands like... And there'd been Sonic Youth and the Butthole Service and then yeah. Yeah. Um, the Pixies and people like that. And then, and then obviously, that also had its day, bizarrely, because I think by the time Nirvana, Nirvana came out with that third album, I think most people had slightly moved on as well. So... Um, yeah, we're a fickle bunch, really, when it comes to pop music. We sort of... We certainly we... are, we certainly are. But, I mean, more power to it. I mean, it's a lot of that. I, I, I really liked a lot of the kind of Sonic Youth stuff and yes. you know, the pictures and all that, throwing newsies, things like that. So... Um, but not the Britpop. I just thought that was a bit... I'm sure they did. I would imagine most bands from the C86 world probably looked at Britpop and said, well, these were the people who were coming to see us in the 80s who formed bands, and they're just a, a sort of diluted version. But anyway, that's life. Any, and that was the third part of my interview with um, Andy from The Close Lobsters. I've just got one more part of that interview, but because um, we're feeling particularly excited about the band, this is a track they did called Far Station Towers. Lobsters and the track called File Station uh, Towers. Um, this is the fourth part and final part of my interview with Andy from the Close Lobsters, where we talk about the unfinished business because um, obviously, with a lot of these bands, they have been coming back together again. Um, I think you, you would say that we, we, we sort of shelved things for a good number of years uh, to get on with the everyday practices of being consumers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> taking our place in consumer society, yes. you know, which you have to do, you know, you have to have a roof and you have to have food and stuff like that. 
So <laughs> all of these priorities kind of took over. Yeah. Uh, and then we sort of got to the stage of, well, you know, there's a few things that we need to do. So we sort of got back together, played a few shows, and as I mentioned previously, Madrid and uh, Berlin and New York. Where else? We've done a, one in London last year. Yeah. Barcelona, and has, like and, that, and, has that, great, that, and has that felt nice? And has that felt sort of like... Fantastic, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're, we're trying to... We're, we're currently in discussion about going, playing in Milan. Right. Um, so we're trying to do it that way. Now, the way we used to work previously was, was um, we were in, under the sway of, sort of music management. And what they told us to do when we were young and impressionable was, was to, tr- to tour relentlessly across the United Kingdom. <laughs> now, we did that, but it wasn't always very productive. No. You know, turning up in Bournemouth and four four men and a dog, literally coming to <laughs> coming to the gig, you know. Yes. So you're kind of thinking, oh, gee. So what we do now is more kind of targeted. Nice. We we play we play maybe one or two shows a year, and yeah. targeted um, shows, you know, and and we're trying to do that across Europe. Wise move. And uh, that was the fourth and final part of my interview with Andy from the Close Lobster. So a big thank you for that. And if you want to find any, any more information, I believe they have a Facebook page that you can go and visit and like, and then you'll find out what new activities they have, because I know they're uh, doing the odd gig and I think they're probably doing some new recording as well, as um, as we find. But anyway, look, I've got a bit more time just to play a couple of songs. I think we're going to go back to this Manchester compilation. This is the Nivens and a track called Yesterday. Sometimes I lose all sense of time And that's not hard in a world like mine But when you came into my life What were just yesterday Love could be that way 
There you go, that is a bit of pop perfection, and that's the Nivens and Yesterday. And I am a bit confused about the Nivens because uh, there's quite a few of them, actually. Well, there's two, one which is, I think, based in this area and one which is based in Northampton, Northampton land. So I think that's the latter, actually. And that wasn't uh, a track that was on the compilation, the Manchester one, but it was on a cherry red compilation called the C88 CD collection, so there you go. But still think it's probably one of the most beautiful songs you'll ever hear today. Anyway, that's pretty much the end of the show. Thank you ever so much for listening, and especially a big thank you for the close lobsters and Andy from the band who gave me that time. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a prophecy. Have a fantastic week.
you don't 